Welcome to Buy and Build, the podcast about buying a business and building in public. Uncover the wins and losses as we renovate our business together. Come along for the ride. Now, here are your hosts of Buy and Build, Nicholas Scalp and Daryl Lim. All right. Hello, everyone. We are back with another episode. It's been a while. I apologize. This is uh, this is kind of how it's going to be, though, I think. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be too consistent. Today, I am with the tender Kiwi himself. <laughs> Toby, Toby, can you give yourself a little intro? Tell us what you're doing. Tell us maybe how we, we got connected and what you're working on. Yeah, so I'm, I'm working on a crypto newsletter as well, based or focused, sorry, on Solana. So and as I was just saying before we you know, press record, I, I got into crypto or started following it about 2017. Got a, got a, a DM on LinkedIn. <laughs> thought, shit, this looks like a scam. <laughs> sure enough, you know, the run up and then the price crashes. So, but I've, I've always sort of been interested. So I followed along. And then obviously, you know, through COVID and that, you know, you saw another run up and it wasn't until maybe end of last year, you know, NFTs were starting to take off and all that. Um, I'm based in New Zealand, so we, we tend to get things, you know, way after um, the US and the rest of the world. And yeah, and so I sort of got interested and I was like, you know, Ethereum seemed, uh, yeah, is the dominant, uh, dominant chain for NFTs and things like that. But, you know, for you guys, it was at the time, what, sort of three grand? Um, per ETH so for us that's like up, up around five grand and I was just like man like it's so hard to actually get into but I was still really interested and then I saw I think it was actually Nick Huber's thing I don't know if you remember he did a um, an, a collection and I saw Sean and Sam you know from my first million tweeted out and I was like what's this and like I jumped in that night and did some research and I was like wow this seems like you know such a, a lower barrier to entry so I jumped in and sort of got my feet wet a little bit, you know, bought and flipped and sold and all that stuff. And I was like, this is actually quite interesting. And so started to dive down a bit, you know, into Solana itself. And yeah, I just, I, I guess I got a bit hooked and I thought there's an opportunity here to maybe create, you know, sort of like, obviously it was around the time Milk Road came out at the start of the year. And I was like, I really like, you know, what Sean's doing. I'd heard, you know, what you were trying to do as well with this morning on chain. I think, you know, it's going to, you know, it's, it's going to become adopted more widely. People are interested in it. Certainly from people I talk to, they, you know, especially novices, they don't know how to get into it. So it's like, well, here's something to something to follow. So that's what I'm working on. In terms of how we know each other, I, well, I think we connected a bit in the um, All Access Pass group that you guys have yeah. talked about. I think Daryl mentioned something, but I was one of those five that, you know, had a like on his, on his thing and he said, <laughs> hey, let's, let's try and do this thing. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, Obviously, like I touched on, you know, capital over here in New Zealand is a bit harder to come by, you know, with prices and exchange rates and things like that. And so, so I was like, wow, that'd be quite cool. I'd always thought about, you know, getting a group of people together to do something to try and, you know, just again, lower that barrier to entry. And I was like, this would be really cool. And obviously we got chatting a little bit. And then I, I think you guys, you know, in the end, you were right. You know, it was going to be so hard to, I think there was like five of us who were really keen on it. It was yeah. going to be so hard to have five people coordinated trying to do something. <laughs> And in the end, you know, I remember Daryl was like, hey, you know, me and Nick have decided to do this. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. So I've actually been following you guys, you know, the whole way along, listening to your podcast and everything, checking. What, what, was, the, what was the thing called you bought? The... 
Oh wow, it's it's been a while now. I'm, I'm completely <laughs> blanking to, out on it. We might yeah. have this, yeah. <laughs> no, no, let them let them know. I don't I don't remember anything. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'd go to that website and check and see what uh, you guys are doing. Last cast live. Class there it cast. is. That's it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. And then Daryl's gonna call me on that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. <laughs> and then I guess just to round it off, um, I think, you know, some of the All Access Pass group had stayed in touch after after Sean and Ben wound it up. And I just got this email out of the blue from uh, Mike Valley. He'd created the, what, what is it called? Alpha Minds Discord. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're all in there at the moment, just sort of hanging out and sharing stuff and talking about what we're doing. Yeah. So we, we got together last week and we went, we should do a podcast. Let's get together and talk about some of the most interesting things happening. And then everything that was interesting just got tossed out the window because the, I want to say, third largest stable coin in the world imploded, brought down a top 10 cryptocurrency alongside of it. The entire market collapsed like 30, 40%. Today it actually bounced back a bit, but uh, man, we're in a bit of chaos. <laughs> yeah. Absolute chaos. So, so it was. I mean, I guess we should we should set the scene for the people listening. It was it was Monday over there, surely. Where it all uh, sort of yeah, out. I think it was the eighth when this began. So I think that was Monday. Yeah. So uh, I'll sort of give my my two cents. I'm I'm more of a novice. You've obviously got the the technical knowledge here, but uh, it's the third largest stablecoin, like you said, and it's it's pegged to the dollar, obviously being a stablecoin, but it's pegged by an algorithm. And part of that algorithm, so UST, Terra, um, is the stable coin. Luna is the um, sister coin. And there's like a bit of an arbitrage mechanism. I think you explained that really well. So we'll let you um, explain that in a bit. But basically it de-pegs. So, you know, you, you don't want a stable coin, which is meant to be a dollar, worth less than a dollar. So there was a wee de-peg. And there's a whole backstory we'll get into with um, Luna's founder and, you know, how they were um, <laughs> going to prop up the coin and everything. But yeah, basically a DPEG, they got it back. And then I think, uh, I'm sure it was Tuesday here. It must've been Monday, you know, US. It just really hit the fan. Like it, it tanked, <laughs> it dove. And I guess it's just been in free fall ever since. Yeah. So I think people take stable coins a bit for granted. So the way a stable coin works is there has to be some reason it's worth a dollar, right? For things like USDC, that's because there's money in the bank, right? So if we go, hey, there's a billion USDCs, they're each worth a dollar. What that means is there's a billion dollars in the bank. So if for some reason USDC is worth 50 cents at any given moment, people believe you can buy that USDC for 50 cents and double your money because it's going to be worth a dollar, right? Yep. And then that's where you get in some, some of the weirdness where it's like, how do we make sure it's worth a dollar? Is it just faith? There's money in the bank. USDC is audited, right? USDT is kind of audited. It's mostly bullshit. The best way I've seen it put, someone on Reddit was like, the good thing about USDT, it's made of bullshit and they're not going to run out of bullshit anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's, there's algorithmic stable coins, which like you mentioned, UST, which is coupled with Luna. So the way this works is you can more or less at any given time exchange one UST for $1 worth of Luna. Right. And there's this whole like give and take there. But that doesn't mean it's backed by faith. So when the price starts dropping, when you're selling a lot of UST, what can happen is people stop believing in it. 
And that's more or less what happened, right? So yeah. all of this UST, there was actually, a, it's kind of a coordinated attack, but then it's also like a cascade. Like there's conspiracy theories going around. A lot of people think it was Citadel, the, you know, the, the villains in the GameStop story. Who, I, I don't know why Citadel is suddenly like the villain everywhere. And comically, Citadel actually was the person who bought the, uh, the, the founder of Citadel was the guy who bought the Constitution from Constitution Dow, like outbid oh, them. Yeah, so, wow. Right. They're kind of the villain everywhere. It's, it's kind of hilarious, but people think it was Citadel who borrowed 100,000 Bitcoin. People are saying it like Citadel borrowed 100,000 Bitcoin from Gemini. Gemini denies it, but there was 100,000 Bitcoin borrowed sold into this pairing and and basically driving down the ust price so like anything else you have sell pressure you push down the price right yeah. stable coins largely are immune to that until they're not and the ust has this weird mechanism which is basically like if there's enough sell pressure they liquidate luna so you sell one ust you get one or you get one dollar worth of luna back what happens if you do that like 200 billion times. Well, you're minting all of this new Luna. So let me just give the, the high overview of where we're at right now. A week ago, Luna was worth $79. Today, Luna is worth $0.0001. So it's not it's, even one cent. It is one one hundredth of a cent. <laughs> wow. This basically happened across three days. The Luna market, or I'm sorry, the Luna token supply, I think has gone from like 200 uh, million to like 200 billion. Uh, it's minting like crazy. So I don't actually know what it is now. I, I haven't checked in the past couple hours, but. Wow. You know, That's part of the strategy too, isn't it? To, uh, I guess we'll get into that, the whole you know, <laughs> Quan and his role in all this. But, you know, when I saw that they came out with that strategy, I was uh, I thought it was already gone, but as soon as I saw yeah. that, I thought there's no way this recovers now. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so the market cap was 34 billion for Luna and 18 billion for UST, basically zero. You know, yeah. like anything that's left in there, like who's buying the stuff? Who's selling it? You know, there's no liquidity. It's gone. <laughs> so this is the the madness of it, and this all really started with Anchor. So the Anchor protocol is like. Uh, companion in this whole ecosystem of Luna. And Anchor was always giving 20% yields on UST deposits. Most of the UST that ever existed was just an Anchor. So it's always been this weird kind of shell game. They were making a loss in Anchor because 20% is not a number that you get from lending out money, right? They were like yeah. 8 to 10%. Yeah, it just makes no sense. And maybe in like a bull market, they were getting a little bit more, but as the bear market hits, they're, they're at like 8% yield. They're giving 20%. It's basically just marketing cost for growing. But like that marketing cost is pretty fucking high. Um, so that and it, should it have worked been a, too, didn't it? You know, so, sorry. To oh, it really worked. It worked. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It, I mean, it, it became top 10 coin. Both of them did. It It's actually a, a model that's being replicated. So Near is offering 20% <laughs> lending on their... Uh, I don't remember, like USDD or something like that. Their stable coin, Tron's launching one that they're doing 30% on, like classic Tron, make it a little more scammy, like steal what works and make it scammier. But that that's like where this all began.
And that was the mechanism to make these things popular. So from there, Terra kind of realized, the entire company is called Terra Foundation. Um, Terra more or less realized they, they were in this dangerous, unsustainable process. If they were attacked, they were kind of fucked. And I, I think that was like a big area of concern for them because they created this whole thing called the Luna Foundation Guard and they got like $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin in there. And they're like, there we go. If we're attacked, we'll cover it. We're going to be safe. Don't worry. They also did this in this weird, like manipulative way where they're like, we have a bunch of Bitcoin in here. We're going to buy some AVAX, like Avalanche. We're going to get a bunch of different stuff. So if anything happens to us, it's bad for all of you. Right. <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> big time, big time. I, I, before we were recording, I touched on it. You know, I'd send out my newsletter on a Friday morning, and it was like I can't, I can't not talk about this. You know, it has an impact <laughs> on everything. And I, I ripped it from the milk road, but I, I tracked the price too every week at the top mm. of the newsletter. And it's like the whole time I've been doing it, it's been going down. So that's that's not good. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to anyone who's invested in Solana. <laughs> but, but this week it was like $51 compared to like 80 something dollars last week. And it's like yeah. the whole market tanked. Yeah. I, I bought Solana at like I started at 20 and I like really bought at like 60. And you know, you hit a point where you go like this is amazing. We're in the 200s, like Solana's the best thing ever. And then you you turn it on twice and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely drove up. I was, I mean, I was, that's when I was getting into it around that time. Uh, luckily, yeah. you know, like I said, the barrier to entry is a bit smaller. So yeah, uh, I wasn't putting in, you know, huge amounts of money, not financial advice. Don't invest uh, what you can't <laughs> afford to lose. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I've seen that run up and, you know, and then, and then the, the run down, it's really been like that for six months. It's been like was, a roll was, down. It's been a little faster yeah. than I can run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then obviously you know like we're talking about this whole terror i didn't realize i hadn't actually done that much research on it that they were buying you know other than bitcoin you know to, to hear yeah. to hear you say they had you know avax avalanche as well so i don't think they actually bought any avax yet they had announced that that was going to be the next asset they were buying into uh, okay yeah because this was yeah. still an ongoing strategy for them wasn't it like i think it's been has it been a month or two now where they've been I, talking about what they're going to do to try yeah. and you know keep this peg. I guess uh, what is it called when they buy things like Bitcoin? Collateralized. Collateral, yeah, that's the one. Collateralized. So yeah, so they've been talking about this. I feel like for like two months about you know we've yeah. got this algorithmic stablecoin, but ultimately, how are we going to make sure it doesn't collapse yeah. like this? Yeah, it was either one or two months. Oh, here I have it written down in March. The end of March they started buying. Wow. Yeah, so they, they started buying Bitcoin the end of March. But here's like here's the really dumb thing. This is like, frankly, it's just stupid. So they do this. They buy all this Bitcoin to secure Luna. But all cryptos are very strongly correlated with Bitcoin, right? If Bitcoin goes down, everything's going down. So, so you can imagine like, you, you, know, you, you run these risk assessments all the time in, in like financial modeling like this where you go, okay, what happens if this goes down? Is my entire mark or is my entire portfolio screwed? If Luna crashes and it's harder for them to keep the peg, there's a good chance Bitcoin's crashing. And if Bitcoin's crashing, they bought it at a high mark, they have to start selling it lower. 
they have so much they start flooding the bitcoin market they're crashing bitcoin more which is crashing luna more so they they bought basically the only thing that is assured to cause them to have less power if they have to sell it you know like you can imagine if they bought like 1.5 billion of solana and they're selling solana like you know the market's less deep for solana so it's still not a great asset to use honestly it's like only ethereum or bitcoin that have like deep enough liquidity that you can really do this but i mean man if, if solana's price crashes that doesn't mean luna's price crashes if bitcoin does for sure luna's crashing absolutely and i think the worst thing too is how this is this is what it looks like to me anyway how open they were about it i mean don't yeah. go on you know yeah. i don't know if you've listened to the latest bankless podcast where they sort of broke this down i, I listened mm-hmm. to that yesterday i thought they did a really good job when they when they started talking about doquan they were just like this is not what you know, a founder <laughs> of something like this does you know yeah it's it's this absurd a, he's a dick it's the worst <laughs> so I, I i listened to that podcast and i ripped some of these details from them so so thank you to the bankless guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like some of those details are someone borrowed 100k bitcoin right they started selling it into the the ust bitcoin pairing so they, they started accumulating ust and selling off this Bitcoin to the Luna Foundation as they're buying up all this Bitcoin, right? And this all happened, there's, there's this really complex backstory of like the, the curve pools and there's like three pool and the four pool. Basically, this is multiple stable coins put together to offer liquidity, right? So there's this migration going from the three pool to the four pool. So what this means is people are pulling money out of the three pool and they have to go put it in the four pool. So Liquidity pools are a lot lower right now. And during this lower liquidity time, this, uh, this attack begins, right? And I'm, I'm putting attack in quotes because it, like, it's real that someone did sell aggressive amounts of UST into the market, but people who are fans of Luna will tell you that like, this was just an organized attack, but there's also like cascading liquidity events, right? So exactly. I, think, I think the bankless guys too touched on it. You know, At the end of the day, someone made a trade. You know, yeah, call it yeah. an attack, call it what yeah. you want, but someone made a trade. And I just wanted to touch on that, that liquidity pool, you know, three pool and the four pool. What's the time frame between taking it out of the three pool and getting it into the four pool? You know, because it was quite coordinated by the sounds of it where they chose to attack. What is that time frame though, to get yeah, the liquidity so this, out of there and into the four pool? This is over weeks and days. Um, it's, it's not like all at once everyone go in and remove it. And some people, when you pull money out, you go look for other things or you hold on to it, especially during times where it's like, hey, the Fed's killing the entire market. What do I do with my money? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is like some crazy known how Like George Soros did this on the, the British pound years ago. Uh, I, I don't know the details on that. I haven't gone into that, but I've seen that a few times. It's, it's really interesting. And the, the point that like, where, where I kind of went like, okay, Doquan just did this, like this should not have happened. Some guy sent out like this whole tweet there explaining how this was like a known attack. This is like a standard like financial markets attack George Soros had done. Terra and Luna are vulnerable to this. And he like broke down all the mechanisms for how like a well-funded individual could do this attack and make money off it. And Doquan responded to that. Like this tweet, and his exact quote to the tweet was probably the most retarded thing I've read this decade. Silence is a perfectly acceptable option if stupid. Billionaires in my following, go ahead, see what happens. 
So, wow. <laughs> so he was aware of this attack mechanism. He disregarded it and he mocked people and just went, do it. Go ahead. Come on, bring it. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I, it's funny because as as the story was breaking, you know, obviously we weren't at this point yet. You know, there was a bit of a DPEG and they got it back. Yeah. I think I think the the sentiment towards Doquan was still, you know, it was still okay. You know, I was reading, you know, stuff on um Twitter and things. People were saying, you know, this whole thing's propped up by Doquan's like giant balls. And I'm just like <laughs> now that you look back on that in hindsight, you're like, wow, like that was that was dumb. That was really dumb. <laughs> So, and like, listen, we got to give Doquan credit because he rolled out this, this stable coin so fucking fast. Like, the, the growth of this was insane. It was a bad idea. It was terrible economics. But, it, you know, like, they recognized this and they started buying up, like, cash reserves to be like, okay, how do we combat this poor mechanism? It's just weird that it was like, like they they finished buying less than a week ago so they had their bitcoin reserved for less than a week before they had to use it <laughs> you know it was so perfectly timed it's it's like a movie really isn't it you know we, it is. we lived we lived through a movie we, let's be honest yeah. we're gonna we're gonna look back and go wow and and, yeah. and i can't wait for the movie either it's gonna be awesome yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I really want to see the big short. I want that version of this because that's exactly yeah, what happened. That's the best one. Eh? Like I, you know, obviously we, you know, I, I was a lot younger when that that financial crisis happened, but you know, we were impacted by it. You know, down down here, a little old New Zealand as well. And <laughs> that movie was really one of the things that you know gave me a really good understanding of what happened. So I think yeah. you know, for, for crypto, that that's another thing too. You know, crypto adoption has taken off but you know there's still always this this question mark hanging over it and then something like this happens to a coin you know a stable coin that is meant to equal a dollar you know mm -hmm. it's meant to be tied to the only thing that most people actually understand in this world you know fiat currency and then this happens to it you know what does yeah. that do for people's perception of, of crypto <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a punch in the guts to someone who you know actually believes in the value of yeah. cryptocurrencies so, so the mechanism for how this actually like starts this, this they call it a death spiral. Like, could you be any more on the nose, guys? But so the, the death spiral is like there's a limited amount of liquidity, right? Liquidity does not one to one map to price. So you know you kind of think like, oh yeah, the price is still like, hey, it's supposed to be a dollar. It's at like ninety five cents. It's fine. There's it'll bounce back. I'll be able to get my money out, right? But it's not really true. Like. The liquidity can go away in certain regions before the price collapses. So as the price drops, there starts being this bank run, which is like, there's only so much liquidity. You know, it's like everyone's trying to shuffle out one door. I got to get my money out before all of that liquidity is gone and I'm fucked. Yeah. So it's this, this lack of faith leads to this, this downward spiral of like, I think there's going to be less liquidity. I need to get my money out now. Someone got their money out, so there's less liquidity. I'm afraid there's going to be less liquidity, so I better get my money out. And yeah, it just leads it death, all the way down. Yeah, a, a classic, classic death spiral, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It's just, and it's it's like, just a loop, you know, reaffirming, <laughs> oh, shit, there's less. I need to get my money out. And then the next yeah. guy looks at it. Yeah. And in real banks, they just stop withdrawals. Like, 
if there's a bank run, they go, okay, never mind. We're closed today. Everyone go back home. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> In classical markets, there's something called a circuit breaker. If the stock like crashes too quickly, they do the circuit breaker and a halt trading for 15 minutes. I think it's like if it hits three circuit breakers during the day, the third one is like no more trading. This thing's done for today. Come back tomorrow. That um, happened. That happened recently, didn't it? Was, was it during that, COVID. that little COVID crash? Yeah. In the COVID yeah. crash, there was a circuit breaker. And what's really funny is that, you know, there's like, the way you trade is like, there's the bid ask spread. So it's like, how much are you willing to pay? How much is someone willing to take for a stock? That difference, like that's the bid ask spread. Once the circuit breaker hit, all of the automated trading stuff broke. So, so everyone's trading bots weren't working because no one coded in the circuit breaker. It went from every single stock being like, oh yeah, there's a one cent difference to like, why is there a 20 cent gap between the bid ask spread? Like what is going on? <laughs> so, so basically that, that bank runs what's going on with UST. It all got pulled out, all, like everything just started collapsing and there's just almost no way to pull back up from that. So they started selling all of their Bitcoin to try and support this, right? To buy back in, to put in more liquidity, to pull the price back up. So that crashed the Bitcoin price like 10 to 30% and everything else crashed even harder. Um, and that was it. They, they got rid of like $1.5 billion of money over like three days for nothing. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I was thinking about before, you know, when you're talking about, you know, they bought you know, 1.5 billion dollars worth of bitcoin to collateralize collateralize the thing but their market cap was a combined what like 50 something billion you know yeah, is there any correlation there like how 1.5 billion to, to 35 <laughs> uh, 34 billion like that's not even close like yeah is there any correlation there to how that actually covers you know the required liquidity so so the liquidity they basically need enough liquidity so the price doesn't crash by a sale right so you can imagine like, hey, if there's 10 UST in the world and I'm willing to buy it at 90 cents or I'm, I'm only willing to sell it at $1.10, that makes a big impact on the total price. If no one else is selling their USD, and I'm the only buyer or seller, I set the price, right? right? That kind of happens over a macro scale with a lot of money all at once. So even if it's like a $30 billion asset, if you're the only person willing to sell it, and you keep selling it for lower. And that one who's like, ooh, I'm willing to sell mine at 95. And you're like, no, no, no price is 92. You're like, I'll sell it at 95. Like, great, I'll buy that and I'll sell it at 92. You know, you can buy up all of the higher liquidity and set the price. So there's, it's like misleading. The total market supply is uh, a bit different than the liquidity required to affect the market. Well, I mean, 1.5 billion was enough to crash Bitcoin, right? Well, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so you, you can imagine, like, how much does it take to crash Luna? Like, Luna's a lot smaller than Bitcoin. Yeah. Wow, well, absolutely. Oh, I had a question. I can't think of it. Carry on, carry on. It'll come back to me. <laughs> well, that's, that's the bulk of the Luna Terra story. So right now, they're both basically worthless, right? The funniest, oh, man, this is where it starts getting crazy. The last thing I heard is that they're considering doing a rollback. So, so they go back like three or four days and just replace $34 billion in money and just go, no, 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 never mind. This is the price. Everyone gets your tokens. It's not 260 billion, it's 200 million. And I don't know, man. 
Doquan apparently was behind a previous failed stablecoin too. Um, I read that. <laughs> I haven't gotten deep was, into that, but it was yeah, it was, was him like and plot. other people. Yeah, that was like, that, that wasn't like a plot twist, but it was just like at that point it was like, of course he was. Yeah, you know? and and yeah. that was who broke the story? Was it CoinDesk? I don't know. I just saw it. Uh, saw it in passing. Yeah, I, I think because I read it and I thought I was like, shit, like. And, and CoinDesk are pretty pretty credible, you know. Like, yeah, they're not yeah. just gonna just throw something out there. Um, <laughs> you know, they they have to have good good sources um, to publish that story. So yeah, uh, it kind of gives it weight, you know. And and to hear that he's done it before, much much smaller scale, but yeah, it's uh, it just makes the whole thing worse. <laughs> I think you know if he hadn't done that, yeah, maybe. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, it failed, and he just rolled right in the next one. Yeah, it's you a typical scam. He's a he's a stablecoin expert at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Algorithmic. Yeah. So I, yeah. I did want to touch on that actually. That I think that was my question. Was obviously there is desire, maybe let's say, for an algorithmic or a decentralized a decentralized stablecoin. You know. Yeah. The whole point of crypto is, is decentralization. Why do we want our coins tied to, you know, centralized currency? We probably don't. So it makes sense to have a decentralized stablecoin. Is there any way at the moment that that could ever work? I don't, I don't see a way where, where that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen, it hasn't worked yet, right? You could say DAI has some algorithmic stuff, but it's also backed by collateral. Like, it's it, what we're really asking is how do we make money out of nowhere, right? How do we you know, like ephemerally create money? And, you know, like the U.S. dollar is backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, right? Like yeah. every tank and missile we make is, is part of that U.S. dollar. How do you get that still like that same faith and credit and security without having anything backing it? You know, that's that's really what the question is. Um, and it makes sense that we haven't figured it out because like if it's possible that's a hard question to answer yeah yeah definitely i i personally i don't invest in algorithmic stable coins like it's not a big investment anyway but you're, you're like people are buying ust because it's crazy 20 percent yield and it's like guys that's <laughs> what are you doing this is obviously not real that's so, the only that's the only real function of a stable yes. coin at this point, isn't it? As, as for you. Yeah. Now, yeah. It, you know, there's some things about trust. People don't trust USDT, but like USDC is going public. They've had public audits, you know, like they're real, but they can freeze your, your money, right? That's the other thing. They can freeze yeah. hacked USDC yeah. or USDT. That's where yeah. the fear is. Well, that's the kicker, isn't it? You know, someone yeah. at the end of the day still controls it. <laughs> you know, you've got this constant, you know, push-pull of... You know, we want decentralization, but we don't want, you know, this volatility. So yeah. with that, you need, you know, you need some centralization or or some control. And, and so yeah. there's got to be a, a line somewhere in the middle, though, I think. I, I, I think I chucked this question out yesterday in our group. You know, you, you touched on, you know, stable coins and, and how USDC is really the only one that you hold because, you know, like you said, yeah. they're audited, they're going public. But... Uh, it's sort of a it's a it's a more than just a stablecoin question it's a crypto question but you know we're always tied 
you know, in some way to the dollar. You know, Bitcoin is worth X amount of dollars. Is there a point where we can go from trying to replace, you know, fiat currency to actually absorb it? You know, it's, yeah. it's a loaded question. It's, it's well, probably a whole other discussion. Question, but... Right. That's, that's, the, that's where this idea all came from. And that's where it's like trying to all go. And I don't know. I, I think the real question is, can you, can you decentralize that like trust and faith in the U.S. dollar? Yeah, that's ultimately what you need, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like, oh yeah, it's all magic money out of nowhere. But it's like, is there a way to take that and duplicate it in a different manner? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and there's two prongs to that too. There's the fundamentals, you know, I think yeah, any sensible person can sit down and look at, you know, the fundamentals of Bitcoin, Ethereum and that and go, you know, well, that actually does make sense. You know, yeah. especially in times like this where we're seeing, you know, crazy inflation, you know, your, your, your money today is worth 8% less than what it was last year yeah you know, I, I don't know anyone in this world who would say oh that's okay that's cool and, and by the way that's the best investment you can make right now right based on everything crashing 30 40 percent like some tech stocks are down 60 percent like yeah i wish i was only down eight <laughs> percent yeah i know crazy right it's nuts okay so yeah. i think we're we're getting close to the end of this time so i mean before we go let's let's one plug your newsletter i'm a subscriber i'm a fan of it i Appreciate i'm an it. investor in solana and you know i i try to go wide with my newsletter so that means like necessarily i'm not going deep on everything and it, it's very very awesome to have people going into like specific niches and being like solana here's what's going on like i think every single newsletter i'm like Okay, wow, I should keep looking at Solana a bit more, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the idea of it, you know. I, first of all, I'll plug it. So it's called Soul Suite. Soul as in, you know, the token, the Solana token. And you can go to soulsuite.co to subscribe. It's, it's pretty early. I think I've done about five or six, five or six issues now. So you can look back at some of the things. So like I said at the start, it's kind of, it's meant to be more in that sort of milk roadie type style, lighthearted, you know, I'm sort of taking the, you know, curious novice approach, you know, I'm trying to learn about this and surely there's other people. So I'm going to write about it and share, share my opinions. But yeah, I think, you know, the more I've, I've jumped into, you know, Solana and, and Web3 in general, I think there's a need, you know, people, people are going to want to, like you say, keep up with these different ecosystems. And ultimately, you know, I think there's going to be more than one winner. You know, I think we've talked yeah. about it a little bit. I'm sure it's come up on the My First Million podcast. So, you know, there's going to be a world where there's there's more than just, you know, one big dog. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be different chains um, that specialize. And so, you know, people are going to need to keep up with, with the likes of a Solana. So that's my angle. That's what I'm going for. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It's, it's early days, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, and it's awesome. You should all go check it out. I'm a fan of it. Appreciate it. Cool. So, I mean, I think that's that's basically it. I, I think we have to do this again and actually try and talk about some of the stuff we were <laughs> planning to talk about. You know, I kind of came into this going like, cool, I'm going to learn some stuff about Solana. We'll talk about that. I'll, I'll bring some maybe Ethereum news and we'll see what's going on around there. Maybe some regulation stuff. And, and then the world blew up. <laughs> thanks doquan we'll just talk about Terra, mate. <laughs> but no we should definitely do this again i mean i'd be interested to see if people like it you know yeah 
uh, surely there's people out there, you know, your your listeners and that that are interested in crypto. You've been talking about it for a while, so you know, maybe maybe there's a bit of appetite for a couple of well, one one newbie and and one guy who's a bit more a bit more technical talking about this thing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. And everyone, I, I promise you, this is not a, a crypto podcast. We, we <laughs> if, if that happens, we'll put it somewhere else. I, I won't. I won't force feed all of you. And I, I know. I know there's some contention about it. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Hope you uh, you enjoyed this one. Let us know how it goes. And uh, you know, thank you, Mr. Tender Kiwi himself, for for <laughs> coming into to record this, uh, I'll call it an emergency pod. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Cheers. You can find more episodes and a link to the community of Buy and Build Podcast at buybuildpod.com. Remember to like, rate, and share with your friends on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Join us again next week as we continue our journey. We'll see you in the next one.